I'm Emma G. Rose, author of Contemporary Fantasy and Mythological Weirdness. I'm Shelley Shearer, author of Urban Fantasies and Cozy Mysteries. Welcome to Indie Book Talk. Join us as we explore the expanding universe of indie books. Hi, welcome back to Indie Book Talk. Uh, Emma and I are here today with Lisa Regan, uh, the author of the Josie Quinn Detective series, along with many other things. Welcome, Lisa. Hi, thank you for having me. Oh, it's great. Um, so, Emma, you might not know, but Lisa and I met at a murder convention, which is... <laughs> I, okay. I guarantee you not many people can say that. <laughs> um, it's a, it was a fantastic thing put on uh, by, uh, what, the Writers Police Academy, I believe? Yes, the Writers Police Academy. Uh, and what they did is they basically take you take a bunch of mystery writers and give them a bunch of police training. Uh, we learned about fingerprinting. We learned about um, luminol, um, and it was a whole weekend of practical, hands-on training, so that we could incorporate more realistically into our books. That sounds fabulous. It was fantastic. <laughs> Somebody needs to do that for fantasy writers, please. Thank you. I don't know what you would train us on, like how to do spells. Um, the proper way to summon demons. I'm not sure exactly. <laughs> that sounds fun. Right? So Lisa, as you know, we're an indie book podcast, and you had mentioned that you're a hybrid author. Yes. Now, I had never heard that term before. So could you share what that means? So what it means, as I understand it, is that some of your books are published by a by a publisher and that some of them you publish yourself, uh, which is which is the case for me is that some of my titles are with publishers and some um, I have put out on my own. So you do them like at the same time, like you might have one with a publisher and you're also doing one on your own. It depends on how quickly I can get work out. <laughs> um, so I used to be doing, you know, if I would have something out with a publisher as long as their contract didn't prevent me from from putting something out myself, then I would be doing it simultaneously. And that is something that I looked at whenever I will look at any time I sign a contract is, is are there any um, constraints on me through that contract in terms of self-publishing? Because I don't like to be necessarily held back. For example, one of the contracts I looked at, they wanted you to not self-publish anything or have another publisher publish anything for, I think it was a year before the book came out and then 18 months after. Wow. And I was like, I can't possibly do that. So we negotiated down to three months before and three months after. So this is, I assume these are the smaller publishers. We're not talking about like the big five here. No. Yeah. This is okay. um, the smaller publishers. Yeah. I had no idea that those publishers had constraints on what else you could publish. That's really interesting. Do they all have that? I don't know if they all have it. I've worked with I worked with a very small press that is no longer in business. I believe that they had one, and then uh, I worked with Thomas and Mercer. They have them. I think they they come under non compete clauses, uh, something mm. like that. And then Bookochure I work with now. They have something similar although they're not as restrictive. That kind of rolls into my next question, which is like, what do you, what are your criteria to decide who you want to publish with versus publishing by yourself? It really depends on how much control I want to have and how much I want to give up, I suppose. 
And also, there are stories that I want to tell that that don't necessarily fit with what publishers might be looking for. So in those cases, I I feel like if I still want to tell those stories, then I'll put it out myself and I'll be happy about it. And it can just live as it as I created it instead of having other hands in it. I guess I'd never thought in the terms of doing both at the same time. Thomas and Mercer was great. And I, I work with Book Ocher now. And I ha- I just, with with them, I don't have a lot of time to do too much on my own. But every once in a while, uh, something will come up that I want to do. And I just say to them, hey, I want to do this. And they'll say, you know, okay, that's that's cool. They're very, very open to just about anything I want to do, which is, which is really nice. So is that who you do the Josie Quinn series through? Because you are just popping those things out. I mean, <laughs> yes, there, there you have uh, my Josie Quinn series and I write um, three books a year for them in that series. Oh my yeah. gosh. I mean, no wonder you don't have time to self-publish. <laughs> How, how do you write three books a year? I don't know, but you know, what happened was, is, you know, I felt like um, before I signed you know, my first contract with them that I had kind of been letting opportunities pass me by just by not being fast enough or getting content out quickly enough. And I had no self deadlines. I didn't really care whether I finished something or not. And I thought to myself, if I really want to seriously do this, maybe I should impose some order on myself. (laughs) Because I put out, oh, cold blooded was is one of myself published titles and um that it did really really well and then I just didn't write anything for a couple of years and I lost that momentum mm. and um so when I signed up with Book Ocher, you know they they were like we typically we publish really quickly so if you can do it that would be great if you if you can't that's fine too you know we'll we'll amend the schedule and I thought well let me let me see if I can do it <laughs> because I I like I said, I was just kind of very witchy-washy by myself before that. And um, and the first year, I actually wrote four books for them. Yeah. Wow. And then I said, when we talked about renewing, I was like, well, I, I'm happy to do this, but I, I'm not doing four books in a year again because it was too much. Because you want to sleep or, <laughs> yeah, or something. Eat or yeah. <laughs> my family. <laughs> so for you, it was almost more of an accountability thing. It made you sit down and type the words. Yes, because I have, um, and I'm learning about this now, I have very weak executive function. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning that I, I'm very, very bad at organizing things, at starting tasks, at staying on task. Um, I just I just am poor at that sort of thing. So if I have another party, whether it's a publisher or maybe my husband even, to to you know, keep on top of me and give me deadlines, I, I am able to to perform. No, I mean, I, I think all writers have that procrastination thing of, you know, they'll do just about anything else <laughs> before actually sitting down to write. I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't do four <laughs> loads of laundry today, so I didn't have to edit my book. <laughs> I folded tax forms. So. <laughs> wow. So Lisa, are you full-time writer now then? I am a full-time writer. Yes, I I quit my day job in May of 2019. Wow. Yeah, so we're coming up on two years. And do you think you'll be doing more self-publishing and cut back on some of the the contracted ones now that you've got a nice flow going? Or do you think this is like a good spot for you now? I think it's a good spot for me now, but I, I do have 
there's a lot of projects that I have that are kind of half finished that I have started looking at and I do want to work on in what little spare time I have kind of, I kind of like working on those because there's not the pressure of, um, you know, having to have it done by a certain time. So it's, so it's more fun. So when I get to those procrastination spots on the books I'm contracted for, I will go into one of these other projects and it's just like having fun and, and rolling around mm. the leaves and, <laughs> and that kind of thing. And there is one book that my daughter really wants me to finish and put out that um, both Thomas and Mercer and Book Ochura rejected, not because they didn't like it, just because it was a little off brand. Uh, so that one of my goals is to finish that this year and be able to, to do something with it. Now, do you publish all of these under the same name or do you have pen names for your independently published work? Right now, they're all under the same name. But the pen name is something I've considered for that that book I was just talking about because it is a little off brand. It's not what you know people would normally expect from it. now. Now I'm dying to know what this is. I know, right? <laughs> Can we have like a? Yeah, it's a. Um, this is like my passion project. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's actually about a teenage boy who has telekinesis, and um, so it's very you know that's not crime fiction. So he he has telekinesis. His dad is um, actually a neurosurgeon that has hidden his son's abilities, managed to hide them his entire life. And then this teenage boy, his name is Dean, he finds himself in, at a, in a school shooting. And so his telekinesis is not, he can't like pick up objects or anything. It's only to do with the human body. So he can only, he can heal people, but only wounds, like he can't cure cancer or anything like that, but he can heal wounds and he can harm people internally. So that's the extent of his telekinesis. He can't pick up a van with his mind or anything like that. So it, during the school shooting, he he uses his powers to disable the school shooters and and bring that crisis to a close. And then you know, there are various competing factions that they think are within the government that then are, are alerted to him and begin looking for him. So that's the premise of the story. I agree with your daughter. You cool. should finish this. I would read that. Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I will. We, we expect to see that. This is your imposed deadline now <laughs> of October 2021. Oh, okay. I'll write that down. <laughs> You just made that up on the spot. I like it. Yeah, we'll have you back on the podcast when you launch it. <laughs> Before that, I'll be madly typing the rest of the book. <laughs> so we're 10 books now into the Detective Josie Quinn series. Do you ever get tired of writing the same character? Or are you just as in love with her as you were at the beginning? I am probably more in love with her. Awesome. Aww. And the, the really we weird thing is, is the other, th I've worked on a few other things, uh, mostly short stories to contribute elsewhere while I've been writing the series. And I'm, I have the approval of my publisher. I'm, there's no reason why I can't write other things, but I'll be writing these short stories and I feel like I'm cheating on her. <laughs> um, it feels wrong. It's an open relationship. It's okay. And I keep having to tell myself, like, I'm not doing anything wrong. It's okay. <laughs> Josie won't care. So are, do you only write crime fiction or do you ever branch out into other things? Uh, only crime fiction. I have this fantasy one day of writing some kind of a, a dystopian kind of series or something, but I've never series. I mean, I've jotted down some ideas, but I've never um, really seriously 
done anything with those. That happens to me sometimes. I come up with ideas that I'm just like, this would be a really cool story, but I don't really want to write it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Someone else can write it. So talking about the, the murder convention, I saw that you're also a member of the variety of you know murder organizations and writer organizations. For people that want to get into writing, have you found those to be very useful for you for your writing career or do you just network through them or what do you use them for? Um, I have found uh, particularly Sisters in Crime to be extremely useful mostly because the local chapter that is closest to me is very close and I and I have always been able to drive there for meetings and they have pretty good attendance and so mm-hmm. I've met a lot of people there who have become really good friends and there's two writers that I met through my local chapter that we used to meet every two weeks for for brunch to discuss writing or talk about our our plots or whatever we were working on. And then when the pandemic hit, we started this daily Zoom call where we do writing sprints together. So oh, nice. Yeah. So we get on every day at, we were doing two o'clock. Now we do one o'clock and we put, somebody does a timer and we put ourselves on mute for 20 minutes and then we work and then we come back on. You know, if anyone's having a problem with help with their plot or a character or a name or anything like that, we discuss it. And then we do two or three more sprints. So I've met a lot of really awesome people through that who beta read my work or help me with plot, will meet with me, will ask me to come to events and and all kinds of things. So that's kind of like the step up from, we talked earlier, um, Em and I on a podcast about writer groups. Um, Joining the organizations gives you like an even bigger outreach of, you know, people and support and information. Yeah, it really does. And I find that I mean, I've really never met a writer who was not willing to to help you with whatever it is that you need. And so a lot of times, especially with the Sisters in Crime, because we do know each other and we are able to meet in person, if you're even if you're looking for someone as a point of research, like if I'm writing a book on arson and I need an arson specialist, I can ask that a message be sent out to the group. <laughs> And, you know, somebody will come back and say, oh, I know an arson specialist. Let me, you know, I'm sorry to get you in touch. The world of crime writing is just, it's fascinating to me because it's not my world. And I just love that it's like, oh, I need to know what the blood spatter pattern would be. Let me just call it my blood spatter guy. (laughs) Oh, blood spatter is totally in the past now. It's not usable. No. No. Okay. (laughs) See, see, this is how out of touch I am with with the crime world. No, but it's great because, you know, I'll be watching TV with my son and I'll mention something. He's like, okay, mom. Okay. <laughs> I was looking at your Instagram, Lisa, and I noticed that you you added the, the sentence, I do not write children's books at the end of your Instagram profile. There is a Lisa, there is another Lisa Reagan. She's from the UK <sighs> and she was in published, she had published books long before me. She's a children's writer, but she has no social media presence, no email address, no, there is no way to get in touch with her. And if you Google Lisa Reagan author, they have my picture and my website over top of her biography. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. That's horrible. So I, I meet people and I'm like, hey, you know, I'm, or my, I don't usually tell people that I write, but my husband will be like, He'll say, you know, this is my wife. And, and then they'll Google me. And the next time I see them, they'll be like, oh, my God, you're so prolific. You've written three children's books. And then I have to be like, no, I write crime fiction. And they're always like, oh. 
I wonder if there's a way we can like contact Google Books and tell them these are not the same people. I have tried. There's like this little thing where you can flag, you know, the biography. I mean, I've tried it. I've had people also write into them. And also I get all of her complaints. Uh, Oh, no. (laughs) And people are super mad about her joke books for some reason. (laughs) And uh, yeah, and I have to always be like, uh, you have the wrong Lisa Reagan. I would love to point you in the right direction, but she is awesome. So if anyone out there knows who, who the <laughs> UK Lisa Reagan is, please point her our way. We have some questions for her as well. <laughs> we have needs. But if people are looking for Lisa Reagan, the crime fiction author, where can they find you? best place to go is my website it's pretty simple it's just uh www.lisareagan.com it's l-i-s-a-r-e-g-a-n.com awesome and from there they can get on all your social media and all those cool things yes oh and i recommend her facebook because she posts a lot of pictures of her dog oh yes he's a social media icon now awesome he is adorable i've already followed you on instagram so now we're friends forever (laughs) Well, thank you, Lisa, for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. We will be touching base with you again on your passion project about the telekinetic teen. Awesome. Because I want to know. (laughs) (laughs) Now I have a deadline. Now you have a deadline. So yeah, we're all going to be like, come on, Lisa, what are you doing? Mm -hmm.